The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Welcome to this episode of the Provoke Media Podcast titled Earning a Seat at the Table for Earned Media. I'm Megan Keoghan, Head of Content Partnerships here at Provoke. With the declining number of publications and shrinking newsrooms, some may believe earned media is a thing of the past and PR budgets will shrink or even be overlooked altogether. Stacy Batali, Senior Vice President at CoinPR, is here with us today to talk about the evolution of earned media and how PR professionals can ensure PR stays in the marketing mix. Stacy, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Would you uh, mind opening up here with uh, uh, just a bit of background about your role at COIN and um, a little bit about the consumer team and, and how this is a particular area of interest for you? Absolutely. Um, so I am a senior vice president here at COIN. Um, I've been here uh, for 22 years. Um, we are a mid-sized agency and full service. Um, you know, media relations is at the cornerstone of what we do. And that's why I'm so passionate about it and, and here to talk about it today. Thank you. Well, we are very excited to be talking about it with you today. Um, let's start from the basics. Uh, 101 level, what is your opinion of earned media, where it's been and, and what it is today? Sure. So, I mean, because earned media is in fact earned versus paid, and it becomes more organic. Um, and therefore, you know, consumers view it differently um, than you know a paid advertisement. Or, or you know, that's what we hope out of the marketing mix. There's they're separated, right? There's earned, which is organic, and the paid, which is paid. And the state of it today, um, you know, we've talked about earned media over the years, how it's evolved, but um, here in 2023. Is earned media looking different to you um, in the approach uh, as far as how COIN is uh, interacting with it? Yes, you know, some may say that it's dead, but it's it's not dead. It's definitely evolved, um, you know, over the years, as it should, right? All media has evolved over the years. So um, PR should, you know, evolve with it. So it's, you know, the number of writers decreasing um, and the specialty writers becoming just generalists, you know, that's that's a major part of it. Um, when I started off my career, you know, 22 years ago, I had a Rolodex of food writers, um, <laughs> Rolodex, right? Um, uh, you know, food writers, there were several food writers at every newspaper um, that you could pitch. And now that, you know, they are just writers and freelancers out there. So, um, you know, it's, it's um, harder to find, a, you know, that specialist in the food industry, you know, specifically is some of where my and my clients are. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, just because there's, um, you know, specialty writers, there are more opportunities out there with different types of platforms, whether it's social media, um, you know, there's sub stacks and newsletters out there now. So, you know, it's definitely, like I said, not dead, but evolving. And how does a person even begin to sort of um, shift this Rolodex mindset, if you will, or the, the Rolodex approach to things to tracking so many digital um, hubs, voices, and platforms, where do, you, where do you begin to sort of capture what your general earned media strategy is going to look like for a given campaign or client? Um, yeah, so the fundamentals will definitely remain the same, but for each campaign, we look to build our, a media strategy specific to the needs of that client. So, 
we will find out what the goals are, who the key audience is, and build our media strategy as a result of that. Then from there, um, you know, again, fundamentals still come into place. You need to read the different outlets that are um, your, your key demo is reading or you know consuming their information. Get to know those reporters if you don't have relationships with them already and understand what they're writing about. Um, we do use some tools and that are AI based that are helping us now um, versus you know some of the past uh, tools that are out there. But there's still that human element that's always important. So they might help you start off a list um, or get to know some of the reporters that would cover a story. But really, it takes that uh, human element to really dig in and understand and customize your media strategy and your pitches accordingly. And how do you, how do you recommend or what has your experience been with like breaking through the noise? So say we're looking at a Substack reporter, we're looking at somebody on Instagram, a DM when there's millions or thousands of followers, like what does that look like to build the relationship? Because it's a lot different than getting someone's voicemail in the newsroom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you have to think about it. So freelancers and, and reporters, full-time staff reporters are still receiving hundreds up to thousands of stories, you know, daily, weekly. Um, they're covering different beats. And so you really do have to stand out in the crowd. Um, you have to make it compelling within those first, you know, two lines of your email, um, in the subject line, even, you know, making sure you are including the trends that are are out there right now, um, telling the story, you know, in a in a compelling, concise way that will really catch their attention and let them come back to you and say, you know, tell me more. That's what you really want from these reporters is to intrigue them and entice them. Um, and not not every pitch is gonna land and that's okay. That's why you go back and you 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 try some other different things, um, you know, to help make that story land. But you know, knowing what they cover is half the battle because you can reference um, other stories that they've written. Uh, and then that that shows that you've taken the time to get to know them. And it, you know, often goes a long way with building those relationships. Once you've built those relationships, when they see your email, of course, you hope that they um, will, you know, more quickly open your emails versus others. But again, if it's not a good story, um, I don't know a reporter that's going to write a story just because they're your friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, when we were talking a bit in preparation for today's call, we had talked about um, some of the different ways to make it easy. So it's it's hard enough to break through the noise and the and the clamor um, and getting their attention enough to say, tell me more. Um, we had spoken about some of the different ways to make it easy for them to ask to tell you more or to present some of those um, story ideas. And I'm curious if you can talk to me a little bit about how maybe that looks in today's market. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, pa helping package the story for them. Um, you know, I've been taught over the years that the power of three helps, you know, give three things that help to, you know, show the trend that you're, you're part of the trend or making the trend, but also providing the assets. Who are the key stakeholders that they can speak with? Um, are there video assets? We know video is huge right now. Um, you know, still photography, obviously that's all still great. Um, but how do you make it uh, more engaging for their readers? in turn, um, you know, for them to get clicks and, and views and, you know, they're, they're being measured on those KPIs as well for their story. So you want to help package the full story for them and give them all the assets. 
Certainly. So a bit of a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, feeling really much more like a team uh, approach to the storytelling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that something that you think has kind of in your perspective shifted or evolved to be more collaborative in the storytelling with this new era of earned, if you will? Absolutely. I think, you know, it's a, um, you have to think of it as a full circle too, right? So you're helping to provide a story. Um, if you, you know, if you see that they're covering a certain topic, um, we even get some of those inquiries coming to us help, you know, I'm looking for XYZ topic, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, National Donut Day, and, you know, here's where to get a free donut. So we know that, you know, provide all the details for that. But the other thing, too, is you have to follow through and, you know, share their stories after they've written them as well, help them help your clients by expanding the region, but also helping to amplify the reporter and as well and just saying thank you too for covering <laughs> covering your brand or your topic um it's you know those little things that can go a long way absolutely do you find yourself sort of counseling your brands as well um to what that reciprocal um amplification might look like or packing packaging up a strategy that that also boosts um the reporter's work on on a given topic yeah, I think a lot of the times um, brands are not sure if they're allowed to, right? So um, confirming with the reporter, which, you know, 99% of the time they're they're all for it, which is a bit different than back in the day. You used to have to, you know, get approvals to post a, a magazine article or, you know, there are copyright issues. Now I think, you know, the more amplification for, for everyone, the better. Um, so I think that has changed a bit. Absolutely. So um Let's tap into sort of the um, wild, wild west, if you will, which is the the topic of TikTok and the dozens of inquiries I'm sure that you field on a regular basis and many of your um, peer practitioners also are experiencing. But but when it comes to the issue of TikTok, is it a do or a don't? And where do you begin with the counseling for your brands on that platform? Yeah, I would definitely say it's not a this or that. It's an and. This and that, um, you know, being integrated is really important. I think first and foremost, it's understanding where the audience is and where they're getting the information and the type of information that they want to consume. And that's the best way to reach them. So, you know, that's going to depend every single time and on every single situation. Um, you know, brands don't have to be on TikTok to engage on TikTok. You know, they can do that through influencers, um, through, you know, other other means as well. Obviously there's paid and that's a big part of it as well, but you can still build those relationships um, with the influencers. And then media outlets are on TikTok now. So GMA has, you know, extended interviews on their TikTok. There's, it, there's content that's not appearing um, in, in the, you know, traditional news space that is then appearing on the TikTok channel. So um, it's definitely something that it's not a, you know, it's not an or, it's an and. And we've talked a little bit about this, this idea of media influences media. And that was something that you've shared with me. Um, talk to us a little bit today about what, what that might look like or what that means. Yeah, sure. And again, I keep on going back to not a lot has changed, right? That is still a fundamental. Back 20 years ago, 
broadcast and print were influencing one another, radio, all of that. So it, it hasn't changed in a sense. It's just which is influencing which, right? So we have, um, you know, clients that will sometimes launch a new product on Instagram. Peeps, for instance, um, you know, we have Easter coming up and they have um, all new flavors that launch and partnerships that launch. And in some cases, um, we will launch on Instagram first and media will see that and say, hey, send us your kit. Um, now, certainly we were planning to do traditional, you know, proactive outreach as well. But it's exciting to see that the media are following us as well on Instagram to see what we're up to. Um, and so, you know, one doesn't have to, it does again, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Sometimes you're the lead role and sometimes you're the supporting role, but they all work together and in a tandem. I think one thing that kind of pops to mind uh, when we talked about, you know, breaking through the noise and, and the, the clutter, if you will, um, to land in someone's inbox, uh, often the approach is what can you do different or how can you sound different or how can, you know, like how can your message be different or unique among the millions or thousands that they're getting and the opportunity to present something visual over Instagram or something that is fun and playful or colorful uh, is in fact different from your form letter or your story pitch. And I think that right there is something that is such a unique, um, maybe under recognized value of, of doing something like a Instagram first launch. Exactly. Yeah. Think of those opportunities where um, they're going to get excited about it, visiting, you know, uh, the bakery for Entenmann's or, you know, where they make the peeps and you get to have the first marshmallow off the line, um, things like that. You know, it's exciting to media um, and it sets it apart as far as content. Now, you can't offer that to everybody, but, um, you know, it, it is something for those that you're trying to build, you know, strong national relationships with that that works really well. It um sort of reminds me of something we had previously spoke about, which was um, the Entenmann's Little Bites brand and the um, opportunity that it presents to, to remain integrated across platforms, both with um, traditional and then today's version of, of Earned. And that is, kind. Of, you were starting to talk about that, but I was just hoping that you can talk a little bit more about that particular yeah. case study. Yeah, absolutely. So with Entenmann's, um, there's just such huge brand fans um, and we love to embrace that. So we're always looking and listening on social media for opportunities. And I say we, meaning the PR team, the social team, the influencer team, the consumer relations team, everyone's in on, you know, wanting to hear our consumers and what, you know, good, good or bad, <laughs> we want to hear it. Um, and so, but there's opportunities where those great stories pop. So there was a story where, um, a young boy was uh, upset because there was only four muffins in the pouch and his mom was only going to allow him to have one pouch. So he wrote a letter to the brand um, and, you know, he, uh, mom posted it on social media. And so, of course, we saw it, customer relations saw it and they said, OK, we have to do something. So we put together, we do this often, put together a nice care package with product and a letter It said, you know, we love that you love our brand. and um, in turn, the mom then posted it again on social. That got picked up by Good Morning America as this feel-good story. Um, so again, it's just this this idea of where it starts and where it ends can change, you know, over the years. But it's that the good story that that media want to cover 
um, that's really what's hitting, you know, in today's news cycle. Totally. Um, as we sort of kind of start to wrap up this episode, um, what are some of your key tips or, or best practices to ensure that earned media remains a part of the marketing mix? Yeah. So, I mean, the landscape will always continue to evolve. So you have to stay on the forefront. You have to make sure that you're, you know, seeing those trends and jumping on them. Um, and I say trends, meaning media trends, where the media is, how they're writing, what they're wanting. Um, you know, there are a lot of seminars and, and um, podcasts out there where journalists are speaking to PR people specifically, you know, here's what we like for you to do for us. Um, and here's what we, here's how it'll help land a story. So just making sure you continue to stay on top of those learning opportunities to uh, meet the media where, you know, they want to have the story. Um, of course, creativity is always going to be number one, creative stories, creative storytelling, um, intriguing, enticing stories uh, are what are what is going to hit. So um, sometimes brands think that everything is a story, <laughs> everything is good news. So PR professionals, you know, that's our um, opportunity to counsel our clients on what we feel is newsworthy. And, you know, some some of the information can live and sit in other places like newsrooms or on social channels um, or, you know, in other places like uh, consumer newsletters and, and such. Um, I think the important thing is that PR can and, and earned media specifically is is quick and nimble. And so where in other um, paid avenues, there, there takes a lot of time to get the message, to get there, you know, developing creative and all of that. Uh, by watching the news and, and staying on top of where your consumers are, we feel like that is the opportunity to authentically insert ourselves into a conversation that's going on in pop culture. And that that's in the moment. Um, so, Again, counseling clients that, um, you know, put aside budget and opportunity for those unpredictable moments. You're still going to have your full year plan and your tentpole events, but also be nimble and be open to um, some of those opportunistic ideas as well. And then, um, of course, measurement is key. Um, I think we have to continue to push to change the way uh, we think about measurement. And it's not just impressions, 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 and the quantity, it has to be quality. Um, we are working with our clients to do media mapping, where we are helping to identify here are the top publications that you should be focused on um, to win your consumer and to be where they are. And so we help to map out what those um, quality placements are, as well as, you know, the mass uh, awareness as well, but also setting those KPIs at the beginning and understanding that it's a test and learn. Not every KPI is going to, you know, make the mark or, or exceed uh, what you expected. And that's okay. That's okay to test and learn along the way. And that only just makes your program better. So many, so many uh, themes that we have heard to your point um, about earned media, it's not gone. It's different, but the the core values of it are really the same. So when we, you know, you've just mentioned authenticity, creativity, becoming a part of the conversation, and KPIs. Even all of these things are still so relevant today. 
um, and such a, a great reminder for us. So um, any parting thoughts for us today, Stacey? Um, I would just say, make sure you give PR a seat at the table. Um, and especially, you know, in this day and age where we can um, really move the needle for a brand. Absolutely. Well, Stacey Batali from Coin PR, thank you so much for being here. This has been the Provoke Media Podcast, and I'm Megan Keoghan. You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.